0: Hey everyone, welcome to the latest episode of the MobileCast. We're coming to you live from the MobileCast studio here in Oakland, New Jersey, and I'm your host, Brian Katz. We have a great show lined up for you today. We're going to be talking about everything from mobile etiquette to mobile management and a few things in between. I'm really excited to have my friend Beezer Hahn as well as Mani Parvar as our guest today. Beezer is CEO of Visage Mobile, while Manny is their president. Welcome to the MobileCast, Beezer and Monty. Go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background.
1: Brian, this is Beezer speaking. Thanks for having us. Uh, I want to congratulate you on saying Monty's last name uh, accurately. That's a, it's a big challenge. Uh, I've been in the enterprise mobile space for over a decade now with companies like Assurian and, and now with Visage, uh, focusing on helping uh, enterprises manage mobility, uh, devices, users, spend, and everything that goes along with it.
2: And uh, Brian, this is uh, Monty Favor here, and uh, yeah, thanks for saying my name uh, right. And uh, I've also been in enterprise mobility for a uh, bit, bit over a decade now. Most recently, before coming to Visage, I was over at at and where I ran uh, a product management group and uh, had global mobile management and a couple of other interesting initiatives under my uh, control there.
0: So, it's, so it sounds like you guys have a good 10 years of experience, at least between the two, of well, 20 between the two of you. So you guys have been doing this for a while.
1: We have, and unfortunately, we've had even more years together aside from that 10 years. So I think we've been probably at the same place upwards of 14 years together. Yep. There, There you go.
0: And just so everybody knows, I actually we had video when we started this. We won't be uh, showing that, but uh, Beezer is in his trademark bow tie, while Monty is not. So
1: well, Moni's in his Moni's in his trademark open shirt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so uh, let's get this podcast started, and you know, let's start talking a little bit about behavior and etiquette. You know, Beezer you actually put a nice post up today that was talking a little bit about mobile etiquette and how people should behave. And, you know, let's start from the consumer perspective.
1: Yeah. So I I think there's some things about mobile behavior that that everybody can observe. And and Brian, whether you're sitting in this meeting room with us today, or you're at dinner tonight with your spouse or friends or whatever it is, there's some things that, that I think we can't lose sight of. And, People are connected to data and inclined to glimpse and look at information pretty uh, uh, pretty rapidly and pretty frequently on a, on a daily basis. And w- what we put out today was a, um, uh, a a post that talked about, you know, some simple rules around mobile etiquette. You know, the idea of making sure that you respect everybody that's there. If, if somebody's taking the time and the energy to be face-to-face with you, you know, make that a first priority. Don't continue to check the device. And, and also remember that there's privacy, uh, you know, think about where you take a picture, where it goes, what you're doing with your device. Um, there are legal implications. Like, don't text and drive. Do some of the things that, that ensure the safety uh, around all of us. Mobility um, influences and changes people's lives on a, on a, a, a minute-by-minute basis uh, very differently than it did even a decade ago. And those are the things that you have to take into consideration. It's an overall refresher on common courtesy. And in all of this, as you pivot and think a little bit about the enterprise, <laughs> remember to do your job and uh, and use mobility to, to do the job and, and do it better.
0: I, I can't agree with you more. I know you've done a post. I've done a post on it. And, you know, as I look at it, you know, one of the things that we joke about is uh, phantom vibration syndrome. You know, <laughs> you, you leave your phone on your desk, but yet you still feel something vibrating in your pocket. And you go, wait, my phone's not there. What the heck was that? So, you know, and it's definitely interesting, you know, so let's take that and kind of bring that to the worker. You know, I've sat in meetings where I see someone who will pull out their phone, start checking it, you know, in the middle of a conversation. You know, they're not even looking at me, um, other things. And, you know, how do you go about setting that up and setting up the right culture for that?
1: Well, I think culture happens (laughs) – Culture happens from day one in an enterprise. And as good behavior and bad behavior emerges around mobility, I think you can't change it with a single announcement or a single example. I think you have to continue to remind the enterprise uh, and and the people around you that this is how I'm going to behave and this is how we'd like everybody to behave and and tie it to performance and productivity. Um, You know, if a mobile device is used in a, uh, a, a meeting, Uh, let's make sure it's, you know, not to check Facebook um, or to be doing something that's distracting from the business objectives. But, you know, things have changed a lot because, you know, we used to say, hey, no laptops in a meeting, and now everybody brings a tablet. And it's sort of blurring as to exactly how we're using data, what we're looking at, and, and how we're interacting with that in the meeting. And if meetings are becoming longer because people are becoming distracted, you know, that's a problem.
0: And, you know, it's interesting you put it that way, because what I find is that some of my meetings are becoming longer, less because of that, but because we're with a different generation of people who really aren't sure how to handle a meeting. And it becomes, you know, for me, you know, I sat in three meetings yesterday, each one that ran over half an hour. And if I didn't have a device with me to take care of some things, let somebody know that I was going to be late to the next meeting, um, or say, where are you? Um, You know, it's an interesting line to draw there.
1: Well, and and different things are happening with culture. And large companies are actually, well, large and small companies are doing some very creative things. And there's an example that I see every day when I commute into San Francisco I see large lines of people sitting on Lombard Street waiting to hop a bus to Genentech or Facebook or Google, and they're going to work for two hours via Wi-Fi, two and a half, three hours via Wi-Fi in traffic, um, and, and their users are enabled to get more productivity over a longer period of time. And these are things that organizations didn't do even five years ago. And you know, it's it's requiring people to be mobile. It's requiring people to use an inventory stack that wasn't available to them even a couple of years ago. And so, you know, you get off the bus, you've been productive, and you walk into a meeting, and now I'm in brick and mortar and at a table with people, and you've got to change the behavior from your commute to when you're in the conference room. But you've still got to remember a meeting should have objectives, it should have a pace, it should have timing. And it, it should have a, an end to the meeting and in a time that people are targeted for.
2: Yeah, I'd say you have to you have to say the obvious, right? I mean, t- to your point about you know, there's a sort a new generation of workers that are used to interacting differently, whether it's in a meeting, whether it's online, it's with their mobile devices, etc. You kind of have to still go out and say the obvious that this is the agenda for the meeting, right? And this is the this is the way at this company, whatever your company's policy is, this is how we behave in meetings, right? laptops no laptops phones no phones etc and you know I, I read something online the other day about um, advice for interviewing and one of the things was don't text when you're interviewing in an interview right and i thought like does that really need to be said but in fact it does need to be said right and and i actually came from a an environment where you know we had 300,000 employees and you often found communication coming out to you that just seemed so obvious but then when you think about sort of the the breadth of people that are in an organization like that, in any company, right? You, you have to go back, I think, to, to that, you know, say the obvious uh, mantra and, and make sure people understand these things.
1: This sort of sounds like a, a bunch of crusty old dudes yeah, in a barbershop right now, doesn't hey, it? Hey, <laughs>
2: you know, a little
0: bit. But, you know, on the other hand, I was around when, you know, Casual Friday came in and turned into, well, really we can be casual unless you're doing a meeting with vendors or, you know, whomever. And I remember it only took about three weeks before the memo went out that explained, you know, you can't wear mesh shirts if you're a male. You can't wear ripped jeans. You can't wear (laughs) – yes, I know you wear that mesh shirt with that bow tie, Beezer, but um, I I find that – you know, it's a little much for some people. And it it was very interesting that they actually had to say these things. And, you know, although we say it's a new generation, it's more than that. It's, you know – as people gain freedom, they sometimes go a little far, but you know, you actually hit something that I thought was interesting. You were talking about people working on the bus and you know, I see it, especially when I'm in airports or I'm in an airport lounge or I'm waiting for something. And the person next to me is talking about a deal or a person at work or something else. I'm going, is that really something you want everybody to know that you're structuring this whole deal about with so-and-so and, I'm glad I'm not somebody competing for that deal or I'm not yep. them because if I'm somebody competing for that deal, I have enough information to make some very good uh, suggestions now.
1: If, if you think about it, I mean, we talk a lot about data security and some of the legal jeopardy that's, that's present in the, the workplace today. And, and a lot of times we think, okay, it's data and it's mobile. But <laughs> where we live, Golden Gate Transit, the ferry, mm-hmm. Caltrain, BART, Muni – there's no way that you're not standing beside somebody that knows exactly what you're talking about, nice. and I, I, you you can't have a conversation on on Caltrain where somebody doesn't understand you talking about APIs or uh, you know a platform strategy or or something like that. It's it's you know it's everywhere. Yeah, it, and it, it's, it's no ever, one,
0: it's no like, wonder for, it's no wonder for me that you see you know certain companies you know. Tech crunch whatever else come out with all these uh, rumors and everything else when really all you have to do is get on the right bus and just sit there and you know listen for a couple of hours
1: yeah stand in line at Phils and and you'll 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 break a story yeah to take
2: the number four bus from the financial district to Mill Valley right and you can probably listen to a lot of good conversations or pick up a lot of stuff off of laptop screens so we
0: you know we're talking about rules we're talking about etiquette you know I think, you know, you and I certainly believe that policy should be the first step. So do we put these sorts of things in the mobile policy itself, or is this sort of as we build an FAQ around it? You know, so let's start with a mobile policy, if that's going to be the first step. What sort of things do you recommend in that?
1: So I do believe that this makes its way into a mobile policy, but I believe it it puts everybody into a tizzy if you put it into the first mobile policy. So... The first thing that, that has to happen is deploy a mobile policy and measure it so that you understand. And the, the first thing, the first objective of a mobility policy should be letting everybody know that they have an individual responsibility to be a mobilized employee of the enterprise. OK, start there. And I think it's intimidating to go out to an organization and say, hey, here's your 12 page policy because that's sort of like the terms and conditions we get through every click-through agreement. And I think an enterprise should continue to refresh and expand and continue to to add more detail to this, where you can say, first of all, you're responsible to be a mobile employee. Then you get into this is what we expect behavior to be, what you can and can't do, and then you break it into audiences. There's a certain amount of, of mobility policy that everybody's responsible for. Protect data. Protect the asset be safe your, your own personal safety, as well as those around you. um, (laughs) Don't walk into a parking meter, you know, don't text and things (laughs) like that. Um, But then I think you can go down to this. You know, we see companies now that have, you know, 10 plus mobile policies, um, if not 20 plus that go out and say, engineers, this is how they do it. Traveling, you know, uh, uh, demand employees do this. Um, Well, well, let me, let me stop you there. Let me ask a
0: question there. You know, I'm a big believer that your mobile policy shouldn't be more than two or three pages. Right. And, and, you know, I've written a post on it, and I know you and I have talked about it in the past. And, you know, one of my pet peeves is everybody has to be in the room, you know, the business, HR, legal. You need to include the users, IT, um, security. But one of the biggest things is it has to be written in plain English. Now, if you're French, it should be written in plain French, whichever. Um, but you know, you got to keep the legalese out of it. If people can't understand what you're saying, they're not going to read it. And, you know, I'm hearing you talk about, you know, 10, 20 mobile policies and I have enough trouble getting past, you know, two or three.
1: Yeah. And, and Brian, what I'm saying is I think policies could be specific to an audience. I'm not saying that somebody gets 20 policies. And, and what I'm saying is, I think a two- to three-page mobile policy is a fantastic guideline for anybody that's mobilized, okay? Um, But what I'm saying is somebody in sales should use mobility differently than somebody that's in the administrative function of a business or engineering or somebody that actually has fewer mobile devices because of their job or role. Um,
0: So in in other words, create a... Overall mobile policy, and then create a way to cascade it down based upon either job function or who you interact with, or you know what you what kind of um, abilities capabilities you have.
2: Yeah, that's right. So you know, real practical example, right? Let's say you have employees who are uh, not exempt from overtime. Right, your policy may include a thing that says they can't be using their work issued device to email when they're not at work, because now you're, if they do, they're exposing the company to potential overtime payments and things like that. Right.
0: Okay. Yeah. That makes complete sense to me.
1: The, the other one, Brian is almost every device has a camera on it. You may have people out in the field that are actually using the camera on the device to capture pictures of things that they're doing in the field, but there's another audience that absolutely cannot use a camera phone in a federal or a government facility. Um, but you know, you have two different use cases in the enterprise that are very, very different.
0: So I, I like the way you started talking about use cases, because one of the things I find most policies are lacking is we we spend a lot of time telling people what not to do. And we spend very little time telling people what they should be doing. And, you know, part of, part of the way I look at a mobile policy is tell people what they should be doing. It's, you know, we're giving you a, a mobile device, we're giving you a phone, we're giving you a tablet, you know, you don't always have to be in your office. If you need to go do something, you can work from there, get it done. Do you know? Here's how to use it.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm completely with you on that, and and I think having those examples is is a fantastic idea and something that we don't see done enough right now in policies.
0: Now, do you, now do you guys actually help? You now, let's talk a tiny bit about uh, Visage for a second. Do you guys actually help people do policies at all, or?
1: Yeah, as a matter of fact, policy is one of the uh, one of the, the the highest areas of interest. As you look at people that are visiting our website, um, you know, looking at our white papers, uh, oftentimes they're exploring what we provide in policy. Our technology actually allows an enterprise to deploy multiple policies, track who's accepted it, um, and and help guide back their use of inventory, expense, and so forth against that policy. Um, so we see enterprises deploy. Policies and redeploy and provide reminders and, and so forth out of our platform.
0: So this is a, this is a great quote. You know, you made a great comment there. I kind of want to follow up on that. You actually track, you know, that people have read it and accepted it. And you know, a lot of you know, badly written policies become eulas, and we're all familiar with that. You know, you download a piece of software, you look at the eula, it is thirty-seven pages, and it's written in legalese. And you go to the end and you click agree. You know. Right. How do you, so if you're tracking that, are you doing anything more than seeing that they clicked agree? Or, you know, for me, I think there has to be a part of it that, you know, maybe you gamify it a little bit, you know, you write your policy shorter, you know, you try and find, you know, you try and do lunch and learns and training that actually lets people truly understand the policy. How did, you know, does your platform include some of that or?
1: So our our platform allows the enterprise to set alerts and components of information sharing based on what they select in a policy. So, for instance, if, Brian, we say you can't pay for downloads on the company dime, downloads that are identified are then shared back to the user and the manager. Uh, Awareness is driven based on behavior that may go against policy. The other thing is your policy doesn't get buried the minute you click through Every time you look at your profile, your policy is an option to look at and is sitting there beside your usage, your inventory, and your spend. So the policy is staring you in the face every time you're actually interacting with your data around mobile usage.
0: So, you know, I guess one of my questions would be um, – you know, we obviously can't show your platform on here, and anybody who's interested will have the um, website there at the uh, um, when we post the podcast, and also they can take a look at it. But it is v i s a g e m o b i l e V-I-S-A-G-E-M-O-B-I-L-E.com. But, you know, have you thought of, you know, taking that and really being able to boil down your mobile policy into just a couple of, you know, I guess – Cheat sheet, quick sentences, something um, to make it easier that, you know, they can actually see some of that?
1: Well, so, Brian, we've we've highlighted some things that that enterprises see very quickly are driving expense uh, as well as usage or adoption around devices. And I think our platform helps boil down for the enterprise what they should be focused on. Ultimately, it comes down to the enterprise's decision as to how they want to communicate it. We, we can encourage as much as we want, but our platform is one for delivery. Um, we, we don't create the content for the customer, and, and, and that's a place where, um, you know, we direct them to look at you and other people that are thought leaders in the space to say, this is a great idea for policy. Um, we see people come back and say, they look at the inventory stack, they look at spend or de- various categories of spend, and they look at usage to make sure that, that behavior is what they expect.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. It, it, it's hard to, um, it, you know, it's hard to gauge how effective policy is and how well people are reading it and following it. And you know, it's easy to say. I know for a fact from some of the stuff I've looked at and some of the studies I've looked at, if you go more than two, two and a half pages, people just aren't reading it. They just go right to the end and they sign it. And you know, at work the other day, somebody asked, "Do you actually know how many policies that um, you've agreed to?" And I was actually the only one who knew the answer. But, you know, it's scary. These people have no idea how many they've they've signed, how many exist, what they have to be doing. And, you know, it certainly makes life a, uh, you know, as a worker interesting. But, yeah. you know, let's take that to, you know, so we're looking at policies and you've mentioned a couple of times. What are some of the legal pitfalls that we really need to be aware of? You know, basically just as a worker and then maybe what we'll do is expand that to a little bit of BYOD.
1: Yeah. So with regards to legal pitfalls, at at the highest level, um, I think you have a a category of security and risk that's uh, apparent to every enterprise now with making sure that assets are secure physically and the data is secure on those assets. Um, I don't think we have to talk that much about it. I think every enterprise has said, how do we look at applications, data, and inventory. Um, Let's take a look at the human component that that sits around (laughs) that policy and some of those risks for a second. You still have to have a human that carries around a device and devices could get left in lockers, taxi cabs, buses, things like that. And we think that there are risks that, that the user needs to understand. And that is understanding where your mobile device is and your responsibility for those. And if they're secure, understanding that there's content that should or shouldn't be on company-owned devices. Um, some of that is rather disagreeable content, but others of it might be blurry. You know, social media content. Um, there's the uh, added aspect of you know how you behave with a mobile device. And if we say it's okay not to be in the office, are you? You're not necessarily saying it's okay to talk and operate your device while you drive, um, and it's not okay to be on the beach all day long. And so I think there are some things that say, where are people working? What's the effect that they could have in an alternate environment other than the workplace that that could create a risk for the enterprise? And understanding how you manage that and make sure that employees are aware of that. And, And that's tough to understand. Like, sure, I can do email from my son's baseball game, but I absolutely shouldn't do it when I'm going 70 miles an hour down 101.
0: 75 is okay. 70, you know.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, you know, it, it's I, – I love the points you're bringing up here. I'll disagree a little bit because I don't think it matters if they're working at the beach. I think it matters whether they're actually working while they're at the beach. Um, you, know, and yeah. I, 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 you know, I know I'm aware of that there's been at least one or two uh, lawsuits um, that were successful um, against companies because a worker was texting while driving and driving was part of their job, you know, whether it's a salesperson um, – whether it's UPS, FedEx, anything where you're delivering anything and, you know, if you're texting or talking on the phone and not following the law, they were able to sue the company because, you know what, it was company time, it was a company, you know, conversation or whatever and, you know, so those are the types of things I think you're talking about, right? Yeah. So, you know, and then what about, you know, so that takes care of texting and those sorts of things but... You know, what about the fact that with BYOD or COPE, which is um, corporate owned, personally enabled, where I'm putting some of my own personal stuff on the phone, you know, what's what's both the user and the company have to be aware of? You know, for example, if I lose my device and you wipe it and my personal stuff's on there, you know, who's responsible for that?
1: Right. Well, and, and Brian, we're seeing a, a much higher fidelity of solutions that are entering the marketplace that can say you have an option to potentially protect company data and not destroy, um, you know, the pictures of my kids, that really comes down to the enterprise. And if they've decided to invest in a solution like that, um, I think there are a lot of advantages to that. I think in many cases it's – I I think it could be viewed by the enterprise as a luxury for the end users, but it it creates a a significant reduction in noise um, if, if you do things like that but there's a there's a spectrum also that's involved with this around who's responsible for the data and the expense and uh, the the reporting of these devices so as we've moved into a consumerized marketplace the enterprise is taking a, a variety of different approaches to this so you know we might do it by device where we say brian you're responsible for your smartphone and you can attach to our email calendar contacts and data and so forth, but the company's absolutely going to deploy you a laptop and a, and a tablet. Or another enterprise may say, tablets and smartphones are your responsibility and we do everything else. Or we'll split it and you do some and we do some. And I think the enterprise has to, to, to come down to, just like they did on policy, determining where they draw the line um, for responsibility and the impact of you know, turning that access on or off to the employees.
2: So I just, I want to go back to a point you were making earlier about, you know, the uses for uh, mobile devices in the enterprise. And I think one of the things around policy that's really important is to start out with the the policy or the, the obvious point that says you've got a mobile device because of a productivity tool, right? This is not a corporate perk. This is a productivity tool. And I think that's the sort of, you know, the, the first policy every company should put out about there about their mobile environment is we're mobilizing you because we want you to be able to work remotely. We want you to be able to do your company work in more places and more times, etc. It's not just because we feel like paying for your cell phone or, you know, we think it's it's nice for you to carry the latest uh, the latest device.
0: Yeah, that's a great point, Monty. And I get, you know, that kind of leads into the next topic of expense management. You know, you're talking about, you uh, paying for the device and all that, but it's a lot more than just buying the device. I, you know, my company reimburses for, um, phone calls and data and everything else, but that can add up. And I know you guys have a lot of experience with that.
2: Yep. And I think, you know, on expense management, right? The, the first thing to understand is it's, it's a fairly complex environment, right? So, Carriers do a really good job of of having lots of rate plans, sort of, you know, making money on the usage, on the breakage, on the plans, et cetera. It's a, uh, you know, it's the business I came from and it's it's how you, you know, it's how you make your revenues. Um, And I would say the first thing for companies is there's lots of great tools out there, right, for helping you manage those expenses. Deploy and use some of those tools, right? Don't do it on Excel spreadsheets. Don't try to figure it out yourself. But... Go out and, you know, find some of those tools and use them. Um, the second piece is there's a lot of low-hanging fruit out there, right? And, you know, you, you can apply, like a lot of things, you can apply kind of an 80-20 rule to mobile expenses, right? If you're going to do nothing else, go out and get the low-hanging fruit, right? Find your zero-use devices, disconnect those, find your pools that are not optimized, fix those, find people that are, you know, Text messaging 5,000 times a month and aren't on text messaging plans, things like that. Um, You don't have to, you know, you don't have to kind of start with a, I'm going to solve every single problem, optimize every single thing before you start down the path, but you can go and grab a lot of the low hanging fruit. And and the other thing we see with companies is um, when you're, you know, companies manage to certain mobility budgets, right? So as you start taking out some of this bad spend, this inefficient spend, they're able to take that money and put it right back into other mobile productivity tools, right? Pushing out more devices to end users, getting applications developed and put on devices and things like that. So it's not necessarily just about reducing the spend, but it's taking out the bad spend so you can spend the money on things that are going to make your mobile workers even more productive.
0: So so really being a little bit more efficient with that spend, you know, as you – as you start to handle the, these pieces, you actually become more efficient. You can use that money a little bit better. Um, and, you know, one of the things that, you know, I love the fact that you mentioned it, pooling of devices, because we're seeing, you know, as you get to a bigger and bigger size of an organization, you do have the ability to pool things like data, etc., and it allows you to kind of even out some of those bumps
1: absolutely there's one other thing that i would add to this brian is consumerization is having an interesting impact on the enterprise and and that is it used to be one person and and it was usually the cio paid for mobility especially when you and i carried blackberries and uh a blackberry was handed to everybody you know back in 2003 2002. um now with the ability to bring other devices and potentially expensive back or stipends or other strategies that are out there in the marketplace um, You're watching the enterprise find out that the CIO is paying for mobility, but the CFO has a a big bag of money that's dedicated to mobility that's coming back via expense reporting and other ways that they're administrating um, the reimbursement of mobility. Uh, And then sales and marketing go off and deploy 500 tablets for the next uh, product deployment. So I think this is like policy where we talk about you've got a constellation of stakeholders that need to be present for the discussion. This is a dialogue where people have to understand spend is happening in multiple places, and you have to be able to see that spend everywhere that it is. We can talk about attacking and, and, and finding the low-hanging fruit, but um, you've got to make sure that you're, you're looking over, under every nook and cranny in the enterprise to understand who's paying for mobility and, and actually how they're compensating for it.
0: Yeah, you know, that's a great point. I think if we get stuck on this topic, you guys might be here for another hour and a half. Um, and you know, it's we're actually,
1: just on the beach, so if we're going to the beach, and we'll do it. We'll do it on via our mobile devices.
0: Uh, that that might work. And you know, I, I think what you're pointing out is I'm going to have to do an episode on uh, telecom expense management, and uh, that may be something I do in the next couple of weeks to kind of handle that. But you know, this has been great. I know you guys kind of have a finite uh, stop time, but you know, so what, what? are some you know, give me one last tip or recommendation either on policy, expense management, legal. Um, whichever, one from each of you to, you know, kind of wrap us up here.
2: Yeah, I'll start with the policy. I think just from an enterprise standpoint, remember why you're giving your users mobile devices to begin with, right? It's because you want them to be more productive. And we should be – companies should be working from a mindset that says we want people using these things. We want policies that encourage them to use them to be productive And it's less about controlling what they do and trying to constrain things as it is about enabling a productive environment.
1: And Brian, what what I would say is don't underestimate the breadth of data that can influence and and help assist in mobile decision-making. So a lot of people say, well, we're going to make a mobile strategy. Let's look at our inventory and the bill. And I say policy. I say user inventory. I say there are a variety of different data sources that can come into this, and enterprise has to aggregate and understand that data so that they can better make strategic decisions
0: you know what those are both great tips and you know fully agree with them so we're out of time this week uh let's start with you Beezer. where can we follow you on twitter i know on the web you guys are at dot uh, com.
1: but what's your twitter handle you can find me at friend beezer f-r-i-e-n-d b-z-u-r
0: and Monty, where can we follow you on twitter
2: At VisageMani, V-I-S-A-G-E-M-A-N-I.
0: And what we'll do is we'll put that up when we put up the show notes for everybody, and you'll be able to see it. So, guys, thanks for coming on. And if you like the show, please tell a friend. Leave us a review on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at the MobileCast or on the web at TheCloudCast.net where you can find links to everything CloudCast and MobileCast. We've got some great new shows coming up in the next couple of weeks. So if you have any ideas, please send us your suggestions as well. And until then, thanks for listening.